Welcome to episode 134 of the Take Back Your Territory podcast. My name is Lindsay. Thank you so much for joining me today. As we are starting this full-blown series, Take Back Your Territory, and really rooting down in what this podcast and my coaching and training going forward is going to look like, um, you will find me kind of working some thoughts out here on the podcast so hopefully I don't just verbally you know externally process on you um, but I am in a season of writing the the final book take back your territory and if this season is going to be anything like the food freedom season of my life um, there's going to be stops and starts and mistakes and mishaps and backtracking and really praying over my thoughts and praying over the message and praying over um, what the Lord is actually bringing for me to say and bringing for me to teach here. So this is the first week of the round two of the Food Freedom Coaching. And today, um, on April 5th, we're having our big Take Back Your Territory call for our Freedom Call. And then this coming Thursday, um, since we have two coaching calls every single week, I'm going to be introducing what's called our timeline. And I wanted to talk about this as the first episode really moving into Take Back Your Territory as an exercise for you to take on, for you to do, as a challenge for you to do, um, and also as a way for you to start really taking back your territory. So. The first thing that I want to say to you is that when we take back our territory, we are taking about we are taking back this story that has been written about us. We know the scripture John 10:10 10, 10, the thief comes to only steal, kill and destroy, right? So I'm assuming because you're listening to this podcast, maybe because you follow me on social media, or even if you know me in real life and you know a little bit about my story, you will know that the enemy has had wreaked havoc in my life, that I had a banner of depression and anxiety and abuse and mental and emotional torment and addiction. Um, I was addicted to many different things, like all of the women in the Bible that that were quote unquote, you know, the bad women. <laughs> I did all those things in my life. Um, but the Lord fully redeemed me, brought me out of that miry and murky pit, and um, set me aright and set me on a path in righteousness. And all of that is great and good. And I fully believe um, that people at their moment of salvation that all of those things are bought back and that we take on Christ and that as God looks upon us that he no longer sees our sin um, but those you know filthy rags are washed white as snow that there's no longer that crimson stain of sin but we are white as a lamb because it says so in the Bible but here's the other thing that we need to understand is that spiritually, as Paul writes, I believe in Romans and, and another book of the Bible, that we were dead in our trespasses but alive in Christ. That is a yes and amen. 
But as I fleshed out my freedom and as I fleshed out my life, what I've realized is that we are born again. We do have this renewed spirit. We do have this spirit that comes into life and is no longer in death. But we also need to flesh this stuff out. We also need to take the truths of the word and start applying them to our lives. We also need to allow our minds to be washed in the word. You know, as it says in Ephesians, that we are to take off the old self, be renewed in the spirit of our minds, and put on the new self, which is in ho- which is in holiness and righteousness and peace with God. This is the application. This is the taking back your territory. And so where we begin in this is with our story because it is actually your story and the narrative that was written over you from before and after, from BC and AD, um, but even the narrative that was written over your past and the story that will continue forward with your life. So if you're at a place where you can write this down, I want you to write this down and I want you to receive this. Your story is worthy to be told and it's worthy to be listened to. Your story is worthy to be told, but it is also worthy to be listened to. And we know that revelation scripture about, you know, the the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. We know about that and we know about testifying and, and speaking and, and, and what I've learned is that a lot of people, you know, I have been in conversations with people before where they can take uh, what is written in the word and they can take it out of context and they can twist it into religiosity and they can make it um, the intention and even the spirit behind it be something that maybe even the writer of the books in the Bible weren't intending on this, that to be the spirit, right? We can go into religion, we can go into heresy, we can go into hypocrisy, or we can actually, you know, study the hermeneutics of the word, bring everything back into context, and actually, you know, study what the writer was writing to and for and who. Great. And, and theology is great. But when it comes to your story, when it comes to testimony, I... I'm assuming and I believe that there is something in your life, many, several Ebenezers or several flags that have been put down in your life, maybe some stones or some stones of remembrance that have been put down where it doesn't matter what people say about that. You know that was God and you know that was his loving you and you know that that was his power coming down. You know that he healed you in a certain way. And there's nothing that man or even the enemy will be able to say over you in those moments that will take away your faith or take away your trust or take away those moments of seeing and believing that God moved in your life. And the more we hear of these stories and hear of these testimonies, our faith grows as well. And I'm hoping and praying that you have people in your life that hold space for you. 
that that give you time to process, that give you time to think, that that pray into the things that come up for you. That um, I hope you have, you know, one, two, or three really good friends who hold that space for you and pray things through with you and believe things for you, but also say, hey, I think you're out of line here. <laughs> I have some friends like that, and um, I love them. I love them, I love them, I love them. So let's just get right into this. So you're going to do a challenge. You're going to write the timeline of your life. And there are several different reasons why we write the timeline of our life. Number one, because your story is worthy to be told and it is worthy of listening to. But if we don't go back and kind of become introspective and look back at our life, if we stay limbic, if we stay subconscious and we just kind of keep reacting to the life that is going on around us at all the time and we stay in survival and da-da and day after day and day after day, we start to break down and we start to forget our meaning and we start to lose our focus and, and then even our faith itself can dwindle. So what I want you to do is get a, a regular sheet of paper or even maybe something longer if you have a legal size. And I want you to turn it horizontally, so the long way. And I want you to write a line down the middle and on the left-hand side, you're going to write zero, birth. And on the clear right-hand side, you're going to write the age that you are today. And I want you to put a line down the middle, just a, a short little dash of a line down the middle that was half your age ago. So I'm 41, so about 20 years ago is going to be my half. And I want you to start sectioning off this timeline of your life with little dashes and we're going to mark you know 0 to 5 5 to 10 10 to 15 15 to 20 maybe every 5 years and I want you to give yourself room and take up the whole page a lot of people that I work with and even people that I talk to they say that they can't remember things from their childhood you know, either that's because they're, you know, elderly and they're, they just can't remember. Um, it could also be that nothing really happened in their childhood and, you know, it was just a normal childhood, maybe no trauma, maybe nothing happened. And there's really nothing that's poignant that sticks out. But 80% of the people that I talk to, there are parts of their childhood that they have blocked out. And I, I can see this two different ways. Number one, this was your brain protecting you from whatever you went through as a child. And that is a God-given thing, that our brain shuts things down and says, this is too much information for you because it would traumatize you. It would leave, it would, it would leave you catatonic. But I also see the other way that when we aren't at a place where we know who we are and we know our story and we know where we've come from then we're actually missing out on who we are how God made us 
and even remembering the places that God showed up for us in the midst of these things. So when you go in to start writing your timeline, and, and, and I'm going to tell you how to do this in a second, I want you to go with the understanding that there might be some things in your memories that are scary, that maybe you're not ready to process. And so I would start your timeline with prayer. We go into a safe space. We go into a place where there isn't going to be any distraction. If you can give yourself an hour or even more to really focus on doing this project, um, you know, on a Sunday afternoon after church and everybody's out playing or taking a nap, do your timeline. But do it from a place of prayer. Do it from a place of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And do it from a place of, I'm doing this to learn my story about myself, to become, kind of come back to myself, but also find and see where the Lord has shown himself mighty for me, where he's shown up for me, where maybe I'm, I'm hindering some things that need to be dealt with. Um, this is a very sensitive thing. And and if anything comes up where you would need help processing through these things, obviously you can reach out to me or if you have a, a counselor, if you have a trusted person that could help you through these things. Because what happens is when memories come up, and we have a grief cycle that we all have to go through, right? And, and a lot of times when memories come up, we will begin to grieve. A lot of the times where when we have an emotional attachment still attached to a memory, it's because we haven't fully worked through that memory. So when I started doing this, I could go back to a memory of something and I could feel the emotion that I felt at the time. I could feel the, um, the atmosphere of the room that I was in. I could smell cologne. I could smell flowers. I could, I could feel the difference change because your memory, your subconscious stores your memories as you received it. So it would be through your five senses, sight, taste, touch, feel, smell, is that all of them? I don't know. Hearing. So the things that you heard, the things that you saw, if there was any taste, the things that you smelled, you know, the, the temperature of the atmosphere. And when we hold on to things that haven't been fully processed, we will go back and we will feel all, all of those emotions again. And when we invite the Holy Spirit into these places... And you may want to be walked through this if there's some really hard things. The question that I always ask when I was going back was, Jesus, show me where you were in this moment. God, show me how you protected me in this event. And it kind of brings you into this objective looking, right? So if there are memories there that 
spark up emotion. I want you to be at a place where you're able to breathe through them, be kind to yourself through them, see them objectively. Also understanding that if something happened to you at three or five or eight or 10, the person that you are now, a 30 something, 40 something, 50 something, 60 something year old man or woman, you can talk to that part of your heart, talk to that version of yourself now. If you needed a protector in that moment, you can be your own protector. Or of course, God can be your protector. If you needed a friend, if you needed a, a better parent in that moment, in your memory, you can talk to yourself and you can say, okay, this was this happened. I saw that this happened. But I'm here and God's here with me to keep you safe and to keep you protected. Well, this sounds like too much. <laughs> um, but I want to, I don't want to use the word warning, but I do want to say that a lot of us are carrying around things that we don't even know were there. And it isn't until we provoke those places do we actually go into them and do we actually begin healing and the thing that I like to equip this with is if you had let's say a broken arm let's say you put your shoulder out you hyperextended and you just put it out and you never went to the ER went to the hospital to get it set right your arm is going to heal out of joint and it's going to cause the other side of your body to come up into, I can't remember the exact word right now, but um, <clears throat> compensate. And it's going to throw your entire back out of alignment. And then your hips are going to be out of alignment. And then your legs and then your knees and then your feet. Just because your one shoulder is out of alignment and it healed incorrectly. So in order to fix that, what has to be done is all of that scar tissue that is holding that injured shoulder in place needs to be ripped, needs to be removed, it needs to be torn. And then that scar tissue, you know, the body needs to retrain. Once that shoulder is set into place, the body needs to be retrained to hold it in place. And it's incredibly painful to do. But at the root of healing the feet and the knees and the hips and the low back and the subluxation of the spine, the root was probably that shoulder that was put out of joint. And I am a person that goes after roots. I'm a person that asks why until I get to the very bottom of something so that I can find the real reason. I call this a series of whys or five whys. And I do this in, I did this in getting free from emotional eating. I did this in, 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 in really just getting out of depression and anxiety and, and, and all of those other things. So some things are painful and when we don't fully go through the grief cycle, if we get stuck in anger, we get stuck 
you know, in denial or, or whatever, and we don't fully grieve something or fully process through it, then we just hold it. And it can create an illness, it can create sickness in the body, um, it can also create, you know, a degradation of the mind. We, can, we can't really think clearly, we don't have a sound mind. And it can also perpetuate into our relationships, into our finances, into addiction, all of these other things. And part of taking back your territory and taking back your story is no longer allowing the pain of the past to still have a voice today. We no longer have allow the pain of the past to have a voice today. So by writing your story and going in, so let's say you're all the way to the left-hand side of your piece of paper, and, and, and I even go third trimester of pregnancy because that's really when your, self, your subconscious comes online. So if there is a trauma, if there's a memory, if, if you remember hearing stories about, you know, moving or your parents fighting or a death in the family or anything like that happening, just write it down. It can be, you can look at this completely objectively, or you can also go into every single memory that comes up for you and, and remember it and write it down and bring, and bring closure to it. And then we do this from five to 10. So, you know, starting school, that can sometimes be traumatizing for kids. Um, or maybe a pet died, or maybe you moved from state to state, or maybe you had to move schools, or, um, you know, maybe you emigrated to the United States during that time. Or maybe there was a really big trauma or just putting tick marks and writing down, age eight, this happened, age nine, this happened, age 10, this happened. And when we do this prayerfully and we allow God to come in and really point our memories, it's always going to be in the spirit of healing. So we do this from 10 to 15. Now this is kind of when the teenage years and, and, and early adulthood, young adulthood, that's when things really start rolling. And this happened and this happened and I did this wrong and I rebelled here and I accidentally did this and I was into this addiction. Like that's really when the tick marks tick up. You know, maybe you were, you were married at an early age. Maybe you had kids in an early age. Maybe you had a miscarriage. Basically anything that is a part of your story that you can remember, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent, write it down. Put it on this timeline. So when you're finished and you work all the way up to the age that you are today, we, we take a step back and the first question that we ask is, Lord, is there anyone from my lifeline that I need to forgive? Is it a family member? Is it a friend? Is it an old coworker? Is it an ex-husband? 
Is there anyone in my life that I need to forgive? And going through that process with him and allowing him to show you maybe where you've been holding on to unforgiveness over your over your life or or you know in your body um, and intentionally working on forgiving those people and remember that forgiveness doesn't mean that the person is off the hook forgiveness means I'm sending this away from myself and I'm allowing the Lord to deal with this person. I'm sending this away from myself and I'm allowing the Lord to have vengeance and not me. I'm sending this away from myself because I no longer want to carry the heaviness, the weight, the burden, the bitterness of this any longer. You're, you are releasing this person to God, which helps them, but more so you're releasing yourself. You know, as it says in the Lord's Prayer, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That prayer right there that Jesus said was that we are to forgive first and to forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So as we are forgiving people, we are also receiving forgiveness. One of the biggest things I see in people that make one-on-one appointments with me not for food freedom, but for other type of ministry, the biggest roots that I see are unforgiveness, rejection, and abandonment. And all of those things are based in trauma. And then when we allow those things to sit in our stories, to to have the final say over things, when we start turning on people and rejecting people because we're rejected, when we believe that someone is going to abandon abandon us and so we have these huge thick walls up and we never extend relationship to them, they end up abandoning us, right? And when we harbor unforgiveness, it eats our soul alive. In comes bitterness and resentment and judgment and, and just a sourness to our hearts. like a harsh word and I'm sorry (laughs) but the reason that we write these stories when we go back and we and you went from zero to however old you are today if you can see a banner over your life that the enemy tried to write if it was unforgiveness rejection or abandonment if he wrote a banner of depression if he wrote a banner of addiction or um anxiety even a banner of, of witchcraft, which is anything other than, you know, any type of power other than the power of the Holy Spirit. Those things need to be removed and we need to come out of agreement with those things. And we do that by replacing those banners with what God says about us. So let's say there's something in your life um, where I'll just give you an example from my life. Um, Uh, rejected by my father or just in general just rejected and abandoned by parents and family let's say that was a banner over my life rejection and abandonment so in order for me to combat that obviously I have to walk through forgiveness 
I have to receive forgiveness for um, anything that I may have done in that spirit of rejection and abandonment. Any harsh words or curses that I even spoke about over these people or even subsequent relationships in my life. But then I also need to take the word of God. And the word of God says is that I am not rejected, but I am accepted. And the, the hard and holy work that we do is to renew our minds around what the word of God says, what the absolute T truth says about us. That the story and the banner that was written over me was rejection, but the truth about me is that I'm accepted and I'm loved as I am. And that is the mode, that is the modality that I need to start walking in and renewing my mind. So I need to start speaking it. I need to start praying it. Lord, show me that I'm accepted. Lord, show me that I'm loved. I am accepted and I am loved by Christ. It is not by works. It is not by anything that I did, but it is because of my faith and his grace in my faith. Um, I am not rejected, but it's as it says in the word that I am adopted, that I can call him Abba Father. And really just start speaking the truth of what the word says over you and work on renewing your mind because we're taking off these old banners. We're, we're taking back our story and we're making them, we're lining them up with the word of God. We're making them, them obedient to Christ. And what Christ says, it's done, it's finished. Stop carrying this any longer. When we understand our story, when we understand and we see where the enemy has tried to kill, steal, and destroy, has tried to knock us off our calling, who tried to rob us of the voice that we have, um, where man or the enemy has come in and twisted and tormented and spoken words over us that is contrary to what the word of God says. And when we even ourselves say something about ourselves, about our life, about our looks, that is contrary to the word of God. Those agreements need to be broken. And we do that by acknowledging the error, asking forgiveness, and then you know, going and sinning no more, changing the way that we think, changing the way that we operate, changing the way that we talk about ourselves. I would like you to take this challenge and find time and then over the next couple of weeks to do it. And if the Lord points on one specific age or one specific time in your life, I would like you to get with him and really allow the Holy Spirit to show you where Jesus was and maybe why this even happened or how God has turned this into good, as it says in Romans 8.28. When we activate our faith over our timeline, and we believe that the Lord is going to show up for us and that he even showed up for this in, this in the moment because he was there. He's with us every single step of our lives. 
we can begin to activate our faith as we move forward. And we can remove all of those old banners that the enemy or even the world tried to give us. And we can, we can replace them with a the banner of love and acceptance and calling. Because we no longer need to be identified with our experience in life. But we can be identified with Christ, having intimacy with the Father, being empowered by the Holy Spirit, and going back to the original design that God had for us before the foundations of the world. We can learn how to accept our story for what it is, have complete forgiveness for ourselves and for maybe those who have sinned against us and, and of course for ourselves who have partaken in sin. But we can still separate ourselves from our experience and only be identified with what God says about us, which is our original design. And that is the beginning and even the work that you would be continuing to do if you choose to take back your territory. So if you have any further questions about this, please email me, uh, lindsay at takebackyourterritory.com. You can DM me or message me on social media. I'm at takebackyourterritory. If you do this timeline exercise and you need help walking through it or additional coaching, please reach out to me. I would love to help you. I do want to pray for you as we close because this is some hard and heavy stuff. And if you choose to do this challenge, it needs to be protected in prayer. So Father, I thank you for this listener. Lord, I ask that if they are ready to do a part of this timeline challenge, that you will anoint and appoint this time that you will create margin in the day set aside for them. Lord, we just bind the enemy from operating in this person's memory that there will be no false memories, that nothing will be of a lie, that nothing will be contrived or contorted in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask for your healing salve, the healing salve of your Holy Spirit to fall on this listener, that as they go in, as they become introspective, that they know that they are walking hand in hand with you down the path into their memories, Lord. And I also ask that your Holy Spirit quicken them into healing, that full forgiveness and full closure comes, and that when they look back on their past, when they look back on their story, they'll do it from a place of victory, not from victim, not from defeat, but from victory. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. Until next time, keep moving forward. Welcome to the Take Back Your Territory podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Wenland. I believe in doing work holistically, spirit, soul, and body, not just searching for the next thing to transform your outside. This is a faith-based podcast to inform you, encourage you, and set you on a path to walk in victory in every aspect of your life. Check out the book, Food Freedom, a faith-based holistic approach to shift you from defeat to victory over emotional eating over on Amazon. Head over to the website, takebackyourterritory.com for more information on coaching, to sign up for the Freedom Newsletter, download free printables, 
and read testimonials of those who have worked with me. Thank you for joining me today. Be well and be free.